it, that was so funny because as soon as you started hitting that, Adam. Oh, and he's back. I'm back now. Oh man. All right, we're gonna wait. We're gonna do it again. All right. No, just do that. That's fine. No. Morning. Welcome to Don't Be the Artist. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. And I'm Jackson. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> uh, our July 4th was last week. Freedom ain't not free. Happy whatever Freedom you care about. Freedom ain't not free. That's the truth right there. Yeah. Man, did you guys see all those uh, time lapse of L.A. Skyline since they don't have an official fireworks show? No, I didn't see those. That stuff is crazy. It is just uh, for, it looked like at 8 or 12 hours, it was just nonstop, just fireworks Jesus. going off. And didn't they have a ban on, don't they have a ban on fireworks? I mean, yeah, most cities do, but L.A. especially because of fire uh, hazards, I imagine. Yeah, to see what happened yeah. in Plano. Yeah, that was pretty great to see. Honestly, I thought that was funny. <laughs> what happened? They backfired. They didn't like a bunch of the fireworks didn't get off the ground the way they should, and just like set the field on fire that they were in. Oh my god! <laughs> like almost hit a couple of people. <laughs> Man, I drove past White Rock and last night, and well, one on Fourth of July last night, and there somebody, I guess. It was just an amateur person shooting off a firework, but it, like, went over sideways into the trees and blew up, like, maybe 20, 30 feet away from everyone. It was crazy. Jesus. But silver lining is the firework itself at that close of range looked incredible. So who cares if there's a couple, you know, second or third degree burns? (laughs) Dude, I was driving driving on the highway last night, and I thought thought my tire blew out because I heard... (laughs) Like I didn't see the firework, but I heard, I heard pop, and I think I hit something at the same time. Like I must have run over a bump or something, and I was like, "Oh no, I busted a tire." <laughs> there was there were a bunch on my street. It was pretty crazy. There was like I, I I heard a ton, and I thought they were just like in Denton, and then I saw a post on like this Facebook group that said that it was like three a.m. It was like the fireworks are still going on on my street name. Please, like. Denton police, please make it stop. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think people were just extra rambunctious this year because they've been cooped up. Yeah, but man, driving it's... around, I it like I think it was at like 10 p.m. in Dallas, and like I was like, it looks like, and I may be just uh, hallucinating here, but it looked like there was just like a slight bit of smog or cloud just hovering around Dallas just because of all the fireworks going. It was nuts. Jeez. They were going all night. It basically, you could hear it off in the distance, and all night, as I was just chilling in my apartment, I heard it getting closer and closer, and then at one point, there was literally people in the alleyway across from my apartment just shooting them. Jesus. It was incredible. That's anyway, welcome, welcome to today's episode about fireworks. <laughs> Hell yeah. Today, we're going to be analyzing Katy Perry's firework. Um, <laughs> oh, no, nobody told me. <laughs> Do you ever feel like a plastic bag, Adam? <laughs> no, but I get that reference. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're going to be sharing our favorite firework photos that we took off our amateur iPhones and oh, Androids. That's so stupid. Yeah, I love it when people... Man, I think it was last year somebody at work showed me after the 4th of July a video they took at like Kaboom Town in Addison, and I was just like, this looks so shitty. They were probably yeah. proud of it. 
I hate Kaboom yeah. Town. I hate it so much. It's such a pain in the ass. It is, it's a pain in the ass, but it is a good fireworks show. But pain in the it's, ass. It's not worth it. It's way too much of a pain in the ass. Absolutely not. So, we got some news for you guys. We're going to... Yeah, Hagen's pregnant again. Congrats, uh, Hagen. It's not again, just pregnant. That's just it. He's pregnant. What? I'm... I, yeah, <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. Uh, we got some news, and uh, we'll start off with Hagen, the Vanilla Ice... Yeah, did you guys did you guys see the Vanilla Ice concert? Did you guys see about this? Yeah. Okay, this is this is great. So, uh, Vanilla Ice was he had a Fourth of July concert scheduled in Austin, and this was before the pandemic hit. This was scheduled, but he l- didn't cancel it. So, like weeks leading up to it, he's posting about the show and like, oh my god, we're gonna have this amazing thing and blah blah. And then, like, uh, might have been, like, July 2nd, he posts an Instagram video, and he announces he is postponing the show um, after, like, he, he said in the video something along the lines of, like, after seeing how serious this is, uh, I'm going to cancel, I'm going to postpone the show. But here's the real kicker, is that if you scroll back on Vanilla Ice's Instagram page, he posted some coronavirus, like, this is this is, like, a fake thing shit on his Instagram page. So he doesn't believe in coronavirus, and he was just going to go ahead and do this concert. But I bet I bet there was someone, like, one of his, like, you know, managers was like, you need to cancel this. You you cannot do this. This looks so bad for you. Absolutely yeah, he was like, ridiculous. He's like, I guess I just didn't realize how bad it was. <laughs> like, he hasn't left his house and, like, just been sitting at home thinking everybody's fine. Everybody else is just sitting at home or what? Dude, he's been flipping homes. You guys know whoa, you guys didn't laugh at that. You guys do know he has like a successful business where he flips houses. Is well, it called uh, House House Baby? No. But he he does he does have a reality show. Oh and my god. I think god. he goes under like uh his real name in it, which is Rob Van Winkle. Damn. That's weird. He 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 didn't understand how serious it was, but at the same time he also didn't believe that it was real in the first first place uh so that doesn't it's just fucking idiot. idiot fucking moron here it is here's the post so it's it's a it's a timeline 2002 nile virus gonna kill us all 2004 sars gonna kill us all and it keeps going all the way down 2020 coronavirus gonna kill us all wake up everyone they just want to keep us in fear i'm not buying it <laughs> ah what a moron Damn. <laughs> coming from the man who fears the band queen is in the caption is hashtag drop the mic what an idiot, dude! People who don't believe in this is—it's just like, man. Ugh, they whatever. have nothing fucking better to do. You're not gonna get your scientific and medical advice from this guy. You sure, Dave? <laughs> What's his last name? Yeah. Van Winkle. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Van, Dr. Van Winkle. Winkle. <laughs> I would go to a Doctor Van Winkle. Yeah, I wouldn't. That. <laughs> I just want to point out that somebody else had a 4th of July festival planned for this year, and they canceled it well in advance, and were responsible about it. Uh, yeah, there's, there was also a place in um, Fort Worth that had a like protest thing where they kept their venue and bar open. They opened it on 4th of July to have a big old show. That's fun. Yeah, and they got a bunch of heat for it, obviously. Uh, they made a Facebook post today that was like, we didn't charge admission. It was free. We uh, checked makes temperature, better. all the stuff. And there were people who were like, you charged me admission online to get in, so you're lying. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> second was the, they weren't requiring masks and all this stuff. I mean, like it was at, like, and apparently when like the police showed up, uh, the guy went out and talked to them and said, "Okay, so the police said, okay, so you can um, uh, close now." Or you won't be able to open for another 30 days if you uh, don't stop the show. So he decided to just keep it open, and they'll be closed for 30 days. Tomato potato, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) We got some more news. Uh, Our last last bits of news are all political, you know, because that's where we are. We're the the political podcast. That's just 2020. That's that's 2020, (laughs) baby. Hell yeah. I, I keep wondering what's going to be the knockout punch for 2020. Uh, um, we're building up to something, and I hope it's good. I hope it's real good. But um, so our last, uh, we have uh, another, a new list of musicians who are mad at uh, Donald Trump. And this consists of at least two of these. Well, let's start with the first one. Axel Rose on July 4th basically just went online and started posting on Twitter just saying, how much he hates Donald Trump. So nothing exciting there, but it is uh, very fun to hear from Axl Rose as if he holds, you know, some big, you know, high horse because that dude has done so many questionable things in his life. (laughs) But the other two are mad because of improper use of their music, which I often wonder on these how you know, th- this really shakes down or these musicians. So the two musicians are Tom Petty's estate and then um, Neil Young, who are mad that uh, Donald Trump used his, their music at a rally, which, you know, I get it. I guess you could, you know, Tom Petty's from Florida. So maybe you could say like, oh, well, maybe, you know, his estates, you know, not liberal, but with Neil Young, it's just like, that dude has been protesting since the day he was born. I can't right. believe Donald Trump's uh, just used that at all. That's crazy. Well, I mean. they're they're doing it on purpose to get headlines and stuff. Because it, you know, triggers the libs or whatever they think. So, so that was my question is, uh, how do these, whenever Neil Young says, hey, stop using my music, is there an actual, you know, legal can he do that does he own his music or is that like oh universal has to do that something like that whoever holds his rights it's it's the i mean it like the i I didn't read if neil young did like a cease and desist or something but uh uh, tom petty's estate released a statement and um, and they said in the statement we are uh issuing a cease and desist um and other such things so it, it does require like the work of uh whoever is like the parent company and lawyers to do the whole thing um but I mean, that's I, I. I was just really happy to read uh, Tom Petty's estate statement. That was that was just a really cool thing to see. I think that also, aside from like making you know like the quote unquote libs angry, I mean, it's it, it also is like that. That's kind of music that his fans are, are his fans, his supporters are into, uh, and so I think that it definitely like helps you know the fan like his supporters get very into what's happening, but. I'm going to stop calling fans. That, yeah. that, that sounds weird. Well, yeah, that's a little bit more accurate, I guess, though. Cause, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. But my, so my understanding was that they couldn't uh, do anything. They can issue a cease and desist all they want to, but it's all because of the licensing through like BMI and stuff like that. Yes. Where they can license it if the venue has a license for whatever license deal or whatever with BMI, then they can play whatever they want to. So Yeah. 
I don't think there's much that they can do, which does suck to hear your music being played. Like, obviously, if you're, you know, pretty much any musician, probably, you, and you're they're playing your music, you probably don't want them to. So there's nothing you can do about it, though, yeah. unless you haven't licensed out your music at all. Yeah, so. I, I imagine that there could be, like, further steps to be taken, but I would imagine that would be, like, a massive, like, just a massive unnecessary like court case that would inevitably just not happen because someone would pay it off to not happen you know yeah yeah it, it is a weird thing to think oh how many restaurants or whatever i've been to and there's just music in the background and i'm not really thinking about it and just imagine like tom petty's estate goes into a mix mcdonald's and they're like we don't support mcdonald's and we're gonna go out and actively you know, make sure our music isn't in a McDonald's. And just even if they were to su- succeed in that, it's just like you don't really gain anything from it, I feel. But, yeah, it's such a weird thing because I, I definitely agree with the, oh, I would hate to find out that Donald Trump listened to any music that I liked. So I, I get it, but it's also like, what are you going to do? It's a lose-lose situation. I also highly doubt that he's actually picking any of these songs. Absolutely I don't think it's him. Not. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's his him. his people are just like, uh, let's do this one that'll rowdy up the rednecks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Adam, do you want to take the last piece of news? What happened? Uh, I don't know what it is because I don't. What do you think it I, is? I it's think the it's biggest probably, piece of news. I think it's probably that someone says they're going to maybe run for president. <laughs> Except That's he's it. not going to be it. on any of the ballots at this point, so it's kind of a, kind of not a news story. But well, okay, well, who are you talking about, Adam? I'm talking about Kanye said he's running, and Elon's going to make sure he gets elected. So <laughs> Elon I, said I, that. I, yeah, Elon, yeah, right away. Of course, Elon Musk said that. Yeah, he said you have my full yeah. support, and there was a rumor going around that he already started the pack. So. Jesus what Christ. Yeah. So like you have to you have to officially do paperwork and all that kind of stuff to become a president. Um, right, you have to file to be on that? a ballot. I don't think did, so. It seems like he just hit send on a tweet and that was yeah. how he thinks he can run. So 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 far so Also is he old enough? Probably. I don't know. Um, how old do you have to Is it like 37 you, or something? 35. Yeah, oh, he's definitely he's yeah, definitely 35. old enough. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry, I thought it was like 40 or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he man, he, he definitely he definitely isn't officially running yet, but uh he the like the the response he's gotten online has basically been like a mixture of like this is so fucking funny, oh my god, and uh yes, this is funny, but do not ever think about voting for this man. This is a fucking mistake. Leave it alone. Like just it would be best if we just ignore it. Just ignore this crazy person. Well, and and we don't even have to ignore it cuz so just looking quickly at when the filing deadlines are, they've all passed, except for, like, 10 states. <laughs> so okay. he can't well, even be go. on a ballot unless people are going to write in Kanye, which they're not going to do. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anybody's going to... And if you misspell their name, does that count as a... No. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be written out exactly right. Damn. Yeah, I think, Adam, you knew somebody who uh, wrote somebody's name in and wrote it wrong, correct? Yes, I did. Hell yeah. It's unfortunate. 
It was Adam. He he wrote in his mom and yeah, I, I voted. I voted for Ben Carson and then spelled his name wrong. You know, that's that's what I did. <laughs> How did you misspell Ben? <laughs> that was he probably he, yeah. part. he probably he probably wrote in Obi Wan and then got yeah. really confused. <laughs> who's, Wait, who's... you mean old Ben Kenobi? <laughs> I would vote for uh, Ben Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Man, what is up? What is up with like the news right now when we're talking about Tom Petty, Neil Young, and Vanilla Ice, <laughs> and well, Axl Rose? It, we we hit a you know break in the universe, and here we are. So yeah, it's truly we're living in the best simulation possible. I'm enjoying it as best as I can. Yeah, either our simulation is working perfectly, or our simulation is starting to break. I'm not sure which one. Could go either way. Sure, you yeah. don't listen to Rogan. <laughs> Sorry, is, every, is everybody here wearing masks? I mean, because then oh. you you look like a pussy if you do. So, um, yeah, masks are for your, pussies. You and your open mouth or whatever, Bill Burr said. <laughs> yeah, I loved it when Bill Burr was talking about. It. He's like, "Oh yeah, well you couldn't uh, wear gloves or something like that because your knuckles would drag on the ground." Because your knuckles drag on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was like, look uh, at you, you big, strong man with your stupid open mouth. <laughs> well, I also like that he was like, I'm not going to take medical advice from someone who doesn't have any fucking medical degree, and I don't need to talk about it either, because I don't have one either. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. That whole thing is just like, that's that sums up his whole podcast as, as a whole, of like, uninformed people talking about other things that they don't know anything about together. What are you talking about? Tom DeLonge was on there talking about aliens and shit, and he is very he was informed. right. Yes, he was, right. he was right. I guarantee you, he's right. I mean, that's fair. Elon was on there talking about pot, and he probably knows a lot about it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just in case anybody doesn't understand <laughs> the sarcasm, Joe Rogan is a piece of shit, and I definitely hate his podcast. And I know at least three fourths of us hate him, <laughs> and we're working on the fourth one. So. <laughs> In due time. And if you want to talk about the simulation with me more, we don't have to bring up Joe Rogan at all. We can talk about how we're in a simulation without bringing up Joe. He didn't invent this concept. Yeah, he didn't come up no, with that. We, we got to in... bring, bring up the Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> we got to try and get our Spotify money. We can talk about the shadow government. We can talk about all the other things. And Joe Rogan doesn't have to come up at all, all right? It's it's not fair that Joe Rogan has taken over all the shitty conspiracy theories. That, that's I not know. his. That's not for him. It's not fair. God to do it. Man. God. At least he at least he hasn't talked about time traveling Trump yet. I don't think. I don't think he's talked about it yeah. yet. Well, speaking of sh- shitty shitty simulation, shitty stories, we're we got a topic this week that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's the longest intro ever. <laughs> You almost We're... made me spit my drink out. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this week we decided, you know, we've talked about, done all these deep dives on musicians who have had these concept albums and stuff like that. And we've really danced around it. And we all know, you know, I know half of this podcast, Hagen and I are super into bands that have concept records. And I know the other half of the band, or sorry, over <laughs> other half of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm out. Adam, you're in a band now. You did yeah, it. Oh. What, what, do band. what do I do? What do I do? Has this been like a four-year-long just... trial period? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the other half of the podcast, I know, you know, y'all listen to music that, you know, musicians that have concept records. 
but we're here to talk about concept records. It's been a, a long time coming, and I think a good place to start is what exactly is a concept album. And whenever I was thinking about this this week, that's a really tough thing because I even I saw some people saying like, "Oh, is an accompanying soundtrack is that a concept?" album or is something like uh, the soundtrack to Hamilton uh you know a concept record because it, it's technically all spoken through the music there's no spoken dialogue nothing like inadvertently, that inadvertently inadvertently yeah. i would say you know yes so i i would definitely say that if you need a another medium if you're reliant on another medium it's probably not you know a wholly organic concept record not to say that it isn't a concept record but what I typically think of as a concept record is something, it is a body of music, whether it be... Oh, my there God. You go. <laughs> this one's fast and loose today. But it's just a, it's a body of music that tells, you know, it, it is music. There's nothing, you know, different about that usually, but then it also typically has, like, a storyline or something like that along with it. That is, on the base level to me, what a concept record is. I mean... Dave, do you have any specific ideas other than that? No, not really. I mean, some people were were saying that it, can, it doesn't even have to really be about like a story. It doesn't have to be a through through run story. That you can have a collection of songs that work together and call that a concept record. the The definition is kind of loose, and even like yeah, what is the first? There's lots of debate over what the first concept record is, and some people think it's like Woody Guthrie stuff or you know some of the Frank Sinatra things where he would have he would do covers like jazz standards and have them kind of create an overarching story so i don't know i don't i don't really care about concept records <laughs> hot take uh yeah, I, I guess so the there's a quote um from Fiona Sturgis from The Independent stating that the definition was, uh, it was orig- quote, originally defined as a long player where the, su- the songs were based on one dramatic idea, but the term is subjective. So basically, useless definition. Um, it, it can like, kind of just be, I mean, uh, to, to me, a concept record is, is as you said, like, so it's, a, it's a piece of music with the story connecting the whole thing. Um, now, there, uh, there is debate on what, like, you know, there could could a Christmas album be a concept album? Is that like that that that's a big uh, question? Is like could a, could a just because there's a, a theme does that make it a concept album, or does a concept album have to be something more uh, like story driven, something where there's actually a narrative behind it and not just uh, uh, we all like Christmas, so we're gonna make a bunch of Christmas songs. We all uh, like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> We all like Christmas. That is an endorsed <laughs> fact. <laughs> so I, I definitely, and then there also, there was something, because I was looking up, you know, for a little bit of research on this, is what, you know, what are the great concept albums and stuff like that. And then also I was thinking like, oh, well, is something like that uh, Beyonce album, the I Am Sasha Fierce, or like the David Bowie records where, you know, he's as the White Duke or Ziggy Stardust. I was like, oh, are those concept records? And then I started to get into this mindset of like, okay, I think that might be a separate episode of like, those are alter egos. There's nothing that discredits them for that, but it is, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say, I mean, 
Ziggy Stardust, the album, is a concept record. But other than that, like the White Duke stuff, that's not a concept album. And I, I think an alter ego is definitely different from a concept album. It's, because it's conceptual, but... Yeah. Right. Bowie's sure. only got two or maybe three, depending on how you define it, concept albums, whereas he's got you know those distinct personas throughout his career. So it, it is weird, though, because there's some artists who like every album is a concept album because that's how they write music. But Yeah. Yeah, that that was something that was a huge thing that I was running into is that okay, well, you have something like the Black Parade or really all of My Chemical Romance output which is obviously conceptual. There are stories no matter how loose or, you know, well thought out they are, but then you do have these albums like that King Princess album that I mentioned that kind of went from start to finish. It was her talking about her breakup and, you know, you could see the, you know, the arc of you know how she was feeling in the songs because from start that's the first song she wrote after the breakup and then the ending track was the latest from it so you can see how she's feeling i don't think that's a concept record i think it's just more of a like that that's you know people writing i mean like i write it it, like if you write a body of music in one week you can very I, i guarantee you you can tell what you were feeling that week and you could toe the line there to where you, you could back that off so that it doesn't seem so much like one giant piece of work. Or you could push it into, you know, sp- spice it up a little bit to make it seem more like a concept thing. Jackson, you like your Coheed and Cambria, they, you could say they're a concept band. Like the whole thing is a concept, one giant concept, right? Yeah. So I, I think this is where I'm going to just go ahead and say my opinion on concept albums or, you know, just having a concept, a storyline on top of your music. So I love Code and Cambria. It is probably my favorite band, but is one of my favorite bands. I, I constantly am going back and forth between Radiohead and Coheed. But with Coheed, whenever I was first listening to the band, I listened to the music. I didn't even know there was a story until maybe like, five years into listening to them and then i found out like oh there's comic books and shit and i think that kind of ties into like the marvel movies were coming out and i started getting into comics and i was like oh i want to read this shit and then people were like oh you know the guys from my Chemical romance they have comics and like coheed have comics so then i was getting into it so it was always this thing where i loved the music and then i found out oh there's this whole added layer um so for me, the concepts are never the selling point. It has never been, Kohi could stop the concept today and I wouldn't give a shit. But I do enjoy having that extra layer of like, I love this album and I know that there's a comic book that goes along with it. So that's pretty cool. I am So Hagen, how do you feel about that? Because Between the Buried and Me is your favorite band and they have concepts. So I'll say that, uh, I mean, to go back really quickly about what you're saying a little bit ago about like, just because it has a story doesn't make it a concept album because songwriting is a form of storytelling, right? So I think concept albums, you have to narrow it in a little bit more and like have like, this is the, this is not like, I'm not singing about myself. And even if I am like, I'm singing like about a character or something like that, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to like make it clear that this is not a concept album just because I'm, you know, telling a story, but it's what you're, it's what you were saying a second ago about the music versus the concept. I, yeah, I mean, I've loved, Colors by Between the Barrier to Me before I knew the story. And uh, most, I, I listened to their albums before I paid attention to the story and the lyrics. Uh, one, I could attribute that to the screaming because I have to like really like get into, like I have to be deep into 
listening to hear the lyrics or I have to pull up actual lyrics to read it, which neither are bad, but um, it just it just is an extra thing. But I will say that, you know, being into the music first, it, it doesn't really take away from the concept because if anything, like, it kind of informs you how they wrote it, I guess, because they knew it was a concept, they had the story, or maybe they didn't have the story as the instrumentalists, but they had, you know, they had the idea, and they use musical themes in repetition throughout concept albums. And I'm not saying you can't do that if it's not a concept album, but that helps with storytelling, right? That's why, uh, you know, classical music, musicals, operas, they all use repeating musical themes, so that way you know that something is happening. We talked about it when we talked about scores, right? They use repeating musical themes in, in movies, so that way you have an idea of what's going on. Um, and so it's, it's really, I mean, like, like between the buried and me did that with the parallax, uh, albums they did the parallax hypersleep dialogue, which is their EP. And they have a couple songs that have stuff that comes back in parallax to future sequence. And so they use that as storytelling devices, which is very cool. Do you think that it just makes sense for, for Tommy to, to write lyrics along with the music because of the way they've structured the music? Uh, so normally the way that they do it, at least for the past few, I don't know about colors, but for the past few, the way they've done it is he lives in California. They live, they live in North Carolina. So they're all writing the music and he's all writing the story. And then they like, yeah. (laughs) And then they have like their little, like, you know, little Skype sessions where they kind of update each other on what they have. And so they, they write without each other and then they all come together and use that as like influence to maybe guide the other other one's direction um so i and and because the band is still writing as if it is a concept record and maybe they have a gist of what the story is but as the story develops more and more like coma ecleptic that that story is about a guy in a coma and it you know what he experiences and all this other stuff um, but as Tommy wrote the story more and more, it influenced the way that they were going to write the entire album. Uh, and that's, you know, people hate that album, but they're idiots. So, but the, the, so that's, yeah, the, dumb. that's the overarching narrative is that it's about a guy and, and what he experiences in coma, but it's not the same story throughout. It's a bunch of different experiences, right? Yeah, but it's all, but it, it's, it's not necessarily like different experiences because like, I mean, yes, it is, but I mean, it's, it's, it's like this. It's this guy in a coma's adventure, right? It's right. it's it's him. It's him going to different places, and then in the end, he finds out something. Uh, I mean, I guess I could spoil it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, no one's gonna be mad. <laughs> oh fuck, he spoiled coma ecliptic for me. Yeah, I hope there's fuck. someone listening. Like, oh no, don't don't tell me that. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so Kohi writes very similar uh, to what Hagen was saying. Is that? The band writes separately. All of them live in New York State, except for the bassist who lives in Florida. And so they all write separately, and then they get together. But when it comes to the like the actual storyline, that's all on the singer Claudio. And it, it's very much this, you know, every time I hear him talking about in interviews later, it just... And, I do this same thing when I write a song is I write something. I'll just start writing lyrics and they kind of flow out. And then I see, okay, I can arrange them this way to mean this. There's not really this overarching, like, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. And I think he in the same way is like, okay, he'll have 15 songs. And he's like, how could I make this a story? Maybe he does have an idea of what it's going to be. But I I think there is uh, the difference between the two bands we're talking about right now, where like between the Barry to me, it's very intentional. It's, it it sounds like Tommy is writing his, 
you know, it, it's not these songs that are like, oh, these are actually about me, but I'm putting it through the, you know, the medium of the band. Whereas, like, Claudio, you can listen to those songs, and you're like, this song is about how much he fucking loves his wife. And he's just right. saying, oh, it's this character's sister spider, though. And it's just like, right. you know, that that's where you kind of lose me in the whole mystique about it, because there are a lot of Coheed fans, and they, yeah, I don't really give a shit about talking shit about them or not. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a lot of Coheed fans that are just like, this is so ingenious. I don't know how he does this and the music. And it's just like, well, you know, they're one in the same. They're really not as, like, you know, uh, independent as people are giving them credit. And that that's cool. They're your favorite band, so I get it. But also there is this kind of like, hey, man, just back up for a second. And if Coldplay was doing this, would you be saying the same shit? You know, so right, it, it's right. a bit weird. I, I was just going to say whenever, so the Coheed, whenever they, the, the band always writes music separately and then they kind of get together and form the, everything together conceptually. That has been their approach for every single album, except for their most recent album. And, uh, which is called Vaxis part one, the unheavenly creatures. It's got a long ass title. But that one, the band actually wrote together. It was the first time that Claudio said, hey, here's the storyline. Here's what I'm thinking. And in that, you can actually hear, because they were talking about, like, there's this part in the story where they're going from the surface level of the planet kind of down to the core where they're mining for some stuff. And they started using, like, uh, um, whatchamacallit, like, more toms on that song in order to have you know, this kind of feeling of like, oh, a workers, you know, having that do, do, do. So like there, there, there is that on this newer album that you can feel that. But prior to that, it's just like, ah, these are just good songs that happen to have a story on top of that. So what do you, what do you think about like hail to the thief and uh, okay computer sometimes being called concept albums? That's where I get kind of the, I don't mind them being called concept albums. And I think even though I love concept albums and storylines, uh, I'm not upset. I'm not a purist when it comes to that kind of thing. So I get there's a, with OK Computer, it's kind of a loose one. The band has never yeah. said that, right? Yeah, it's like a car like, crash. Yeah, somebody dies in a car crash, or they or they are still alive in a car crash. I don't know, but I don't know. It, I I don't really see it or hear it. I think it's more just yeah. you can see where Radiohead is at the time, especially with Hail to the Thief. That's very that fits really well in those kind of anti-Bush era, yeah. uh, you know, albums. I think it fits super well in that where it's just like th- these are just guys who are seeing the world because what that came out in like 2003 or something. You know, it's yeah. in a post 9-11 world and like everybody is, you know, kind of feeling like chickens with their heads cut off and is like, oh, everything's different now. So. I, I don't call that a concept album really more uh, than I would any other album. That gets back to the, like, oh, you go through a breakup and you write a breakup album. You could say A Moonshaped Pool is a breakup album because Tom York had uh, gotten a, or separated from his longtime partner and then she passed away of cancer. And it's like, I, I wouldn't say that's a concept album. It's just what right. the person was going through. So that's, you know, in some of the research, that's what I found it was, is like, people were doing conceptual like you could say their concept albums before the term concept album was a thing and then like retroactively calling them concept records once that term was coined and then sometimes in 
like pop culture and music culture, people will fans will be like, it's a concept album, even if the band has never stated such a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I think there's a difference between a concept album and just an album that can be played front to back, and that makes like sense because all the Radiohead stuff is probably not a concept album, but it is a like bona fide like real album. It's not just a collection of songs, so. Yeah, having a well put together album doesn't make it a concept album. Having an album that makes sense front to back, it, it, it does that, that, that's not necessarily a concept album. Now, what do all of you think about songs for the deaf? Is that a concept album? Uh, I think I mean, pretty clearly it is to me. So, but what's the concept? The, Go on, Dave. Actually, I want I want I want to I want to hear if you think it is. I man, I mean that 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 toes the line for me because it's clearly about this guy getting in his truck and flipping through radio stations and then a song happens which that that can be a concept like i could see that being you know some indie flick of like oh this guy just driving it could be a 60 minute movie and just yeah, like, oh, I, flipping through the radio and then you see these little vignettes i think it just because it's a bunch of vignettes it's doesn't mean it's not a concept album but it is yeah very much a loose concept album there's not a core yeah. like narrative going on it's just kind of like here's the idea behind this album. We wouldn't have done these songs otherwise, probably. At least that's my thinking. Like It's a well-put-together album. It's like, I think of, it also makes me think of To Pimp a Butterfly. Right, yeah. I mean, you have, you again, you have like a well-put-together album where you can listen to it front to back, and it's not necessarily a concept album. Now, this was intentional for it to be a thing where you get it, you, you're, it's, it's to, it was to emulate Josh Homme getting in his car driving from L.A. to Joshua Tree. That was the intent. Um, and like flipping through radio stations as he's driving, so uh, it it makes sense. But like you said, Adam, very loose. It's a very loose concept album. There's not like, I mean, our character is Josh Hom driving, but nothing happens. You know, it's just driving. yeah. There, there's no narrative component of yeah. anything really because that's all that's going on is flipping channels and stations. So yeah. But here's here's the thing with that is that I, I think people kind of bang their heads on the wall a bit too much when it comes to like what is like oh is this a concept album or not because I I do think there can be varying degrees of a story I can't tell you how many films I've seen like an indie film or like an A twenty four film that it's like I really enjoyed that but if I were really to look back there wasn't quite a traditional narrative or a story that kind of thing that doesn't you know take away any of its artistic value um i think it just really comes down to can you find a story within it a you know a connecting thread and then also did the i mean this isn't like an and but also if a band straight up said this is a concept record here's the story or here's what we were aiming for that definitely gives you like oh yeah that's a concept record but i do think there is some merit uh when it comes down to the you know oh is this 1970s album is that a concept record even though the band never said it was because i think there can be merit there because with art there are a lot of musicians who won't explain their lyrics won't explain what a song is about because they're like as soon as i do that that completely that's what that song's about nobody's there's a good chance somebody's not going to dive into it or if you say oh here's what i think of it there could be somebody who's going to say no that's not what that's about so i think there is kind of some leniency in there 
some wiggle room that allows you to say, yeah, this is a concept album. I see this in this way, and this is how I interpret it. Because that's how I always see music and really any type of art in general. Yeah, it's, it, it's, the interpretation is, is, is up to the listener. But I, I will say that you know, having like some kind of hard, stricter definition on concept album is, will, will be useful, I think, because you can listen to a bunch of like sad boy indie shit and you can find a theme in that. And that is there's a sad boy the entire time. Our character is yes. a sad boy, right? But that doesn't mean that's a concept album. That means that this sad boy only knows how to write about himself. Uh, Wait, you're telling me Mom Jeans doesn't write concept albums about being sad and going to thrift stores? Uh. <laughs> I'm so confused. So that's that's what it is then. Uh, maybe what we're touching on with Songs for the Deaf and some of those examples we were just bringing up is that there's a concept record and then there's a thematic record. Yeah. So that's I think yeah, that I'd could agree. be a good place to draw the line in the sand where it's like this is a concept record and this is thematic. And then we can have a character record, and then right? a character record. Yeah, very a much character so, yeah. record. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that of course the listener decides what this. I mean, especially what the, this, that the music does for them and what the lyrics are about from their perspective, because that's the beauty of art and listening to it and being a person. But I, I think that when you when you take a look at most albums, if you really want to, you can find a way to make them a, a concept record. You can find a way to have that story that's going through the entire time. And sometimes, I mean, overall, I think that's a really cool thing. You know, that's a great thing that we can take a look at an album that wasn't intended to be a concept album and go, at least maybe, and go, hey, I see this entire story all the way through. Uh, but it, I just don't think that, that is a concept album inherently. It might be. I don't know without, I mean, without an example. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to the sad boy indie thing. That's not really a concept album. But, like, if you go listen to American Idiot, uh, like we did last week, I, I I was bitching about the concept album factor because they, they got away from it so much, and I disagree with that idea. But it's a concept album. There's a story. There's 100% characters and a story and things that are happening. So that to me screams even if even if they never said that was a concept album, you can tell that's a concept album intentionally by the fact that there is characters and a story and it's not just like here's my sad boy story, you know. But on the other end yeah. too, you you wouldn't have like if someone were to say Pink Floyd's The Wall is not a concept album, you'd be like oh, you're wrong. Right. So you True. can make an album into a concept album just by the way you interpret it, but you can't interpret your way out of something being a concept album that's so blatantly meant to be a concept album. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I can argue really hard about it. I could try really, I could like really hard to argue about American Idiot. Is that what you're talking about? Because I'll keep doing it. I'll keep arguing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. you could you could say American <laughs> Idiot is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know it was a concept album just from listening to it. No, I'm, no. Uh, but I mean, honestly, I don't think that like I, I, I don't think that most concept albums you just inherently know they're concept albums just from listening to it. There definitely has to be you have to look into it more um, to realize there's something. Mean, for most cases, I'd say I, maybe there's some that are really obvious, but I'd say for most, you do have to look a little bit more into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that there is there is a clear difference between like I can find a concept here or like. You just straight up saying this isn't a concept album because I don't like it. You know, <laughs> that's, that's just not how arguing yeah. works. What's really funny about uh, what we're, concept albums is we're talking about 
you know, all these things that like, okay, well, what exactly is it? How can we define it? And I think this is just like an argument, just like the genres thing where I, I just personally hate having to say like, oh, is it or is it not? It's just like, well, to me, it's like, does it fucking matter? Do you like the music or do you not like the music? But, and what's really funny about that is Hagen and I, we're talking about the two bands that we keep talking about. Um, their Coheed has you know, in their lyrics, in these songs. I said that whenever I first listened to them, I didn't know it was a concept. But also I was singing a chorus that says, man your own jackhammer. Cause, and there's just no way that that, like, what the fuck does that mean outside of the concept? Because right. the jackhammer right. is like some big, um, you know, warship in the story. And then also in like, um, between the buried and me, you know, what the hell is a velvet room outside of the concept of that coma ecliptic record? Yeah. So... Yeah, I I don't know. It I I like concept albums a lot and I feel like I have to say that as a Coheed fan, but also I've met I've gone to so many Coheed shows and I've met people who I've talked to and just been like, "Oh, well, have you read the comics?" and they're like, "Oh, no, I'm not really into that." But these are the same people who are there front row who paid extra to get their front row. So it's like you're not any less of a fan of the van just because you don't give a shit about the auxiliary. So that's yeah. It, it is auxiliary. That's why I said at the start of the episode, like I don't really care about concept albums because if the music is good, that's all. That's all I'm listening for. And then as a byproduct of that, if the story is interesting, then that's cool. Well, okay, but let me ask you this then. Now this is one hundred percent. This is another side of it. But we, you've you've shown me and we've talked about country artists that are telling amazing stories, right? Take take Jason Isbell, who's always like he his lyrics are very. Uh, forthcoming about his life and they're very great story to, it's, it's a great story about his life the entire time and it makes you feel emotions right um, you listen to that right away though like would oh, you say yeah. yeah okay so is the difference because it's more accessible or and relatable or is it because of the framing of it because of the kind of song it is I think it's because it's it's a kind it's the kind of song that it is. When he opens a line, like when he starts a a song, and you're like, "Oh, whoa, what is that line?" And then the rest of the song plays out in four minutes, where the, the that line is explained and expanded upon. Then it's like, "Oh, that's a really I heard that right away." Right. But an album, like an entire album, unless it's like a, you know a meatloaf record or. <laughs> So, you know, like a rock opera, a blatant rock opera, then I might not get that it's a concept. Yeah. Especially, you know, for someone like you mentioned before, Hagen, Between the Buried and Me, where sometimes you have to go and listen to the lyrics, which interestingly, I could not know what he's saying at all, read the lyrics, and never forget what he's saying again. Right, yeah, exactly. But, like, I don't get all the information from a band like that because he's screaming. So yeah. on first listen, I can't really tell what he's saying. Yeah. Which yeah, is a really funny thing to think about. Like, I don't know what he just said, but man, I love that vocal. Yeah, I, it, it. Well, I mean, it, it, it's the thing of like, I mean, it's a different argument about like you know screaming and stuff like that. But I mean, it's in terms of that music, it's not you know in terms of most music, lyrics aren't you know the most important thing. They don't have to be. And um, even though he is telling a story, you don't have to know that. You can just dig, you know, you can dig the riffs, you can dig how he phrases his vocals, and it's all awesome. But when you get into extra layer, I, I think honestly, personally for the concept album thing, like I said before, I think the musical themes is kind of like uh, the thing that makes it for me in a lot of ways. Storytelling through words is awesome and lyrics and all that stuff. But when you can actually pull off a concept album and use, 
like bring back musical themes, use them as ways to tell your story instead of just your lyrics, then it really, as a listener, excites me when I hear that theme again. It really, it just, it just makes me want to go back and listen to it the first time and find where it was put in the song, and then find it, and then go back, and it, it's like. It, it, it brings so much more to the table whenever you put it into the music instead of just like, I'm going to tell a story with my words because sometimes I want to listen to just the music, you know? It just depends. Well, and that's... You, the, the, interestingly, I was just going to bring up, there's uh, Pat Metheny, the Pat Metheny group. Um, Pat Metheny wrote this one cell, one musical cell of like six or seven notes or something like that and then made an entire like four-part instrumental record based off of that one uh, line, that one musical phrase. Yeah. So could you say that that's a concept album? It's, they call it The Way Up, so it, like, it develops in, and he's trying to paint the scenery of, of going from the sewer up to the top of a skyscraper. I would, I would say... I would say may, I would say maybe it is because I mean when you take a look at where concept albums come from, they, a lot of people cite it back to uh, like song cycles from the 19th exactly. century and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, those, a lot of times, some of them had words, but some of them didn't. Some of them were instrumental, but they were intentionally telling a story through, you know, the perspective of the composer. Um, so uh, I would say that we could consider that a concept album. Um, it's a little harder, but I mean, I think it, there are repeated, there are, there are repeated musical themes the whole way through. I mean, that, that's a big thing right there. That's a really big tell in my, I, I mean, like some people might hear that and be like, oh, he's just repeating himself. He doesn't know to write, which I well, want to yeah. hit those people in the face. Most people might hear it and go, what is he playing? It's, it's cause it's jazz. They're like, this is just jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. <laughs> so whenever where Hagen, you, you're talking about these musical themes that are repeated to you know help emphasize a story whenever and i think all four of us can touch on this but whenever we're talking about an album that has repeated musical themes like namdi's newest record brat well not his newest record anymore yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> namdi's new record brat uh there is a lot of repeated musical themes in that and i find it super cool but i'm just curious Whenever you hear that in an album that doesn't have a clear storyline like Brat, do you get anything less out of that as you would when you're talking about like a Between the Buried and Me where it's like, oh, well, I know this is they're reiterating the story beat. Uh, no, I mean, no, nothing really changes from my perspective in that regard. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I would say that I agree there. That like it, it's cool in the narrative sense, but... I think musically, it's also a narrative. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's, I mean, it, it's, you know, when there's not a clear concept and you repeat musical themes, it's just a writing tool. It's just, it's just a way for you to, again, uh, it's a difference between a well put together album and a concept album. So there is, there, you know, in, in, in regards to, um, you know, Between the Buried and Me, again, there, there are repeated musical themes, but there also is a story going across the whole board. I just slapped my mic, um, <laughs> uh, but on t- <laughs> on top you of fucking that, fucking hand talker. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but on top of that, uh, you know, there is just a well put together album. There's just an album that front to back works. So that and, and and you can use repeated musical themes in something like that. You can use it so it connects across the whole way. Uh, but it's not necessarily a concept. It's just a way to make the album go together. Or maybe you are trying to reference 
you know, the first song on the album in some way. But it's not necessarily because there's a character or because something happened. You're just like this first song it set it set the the vibe and I want to bring it back here in the middle and then I'm going to use it at the end. You know, there's an right. album I've been into I mentioned a couple weeks ago by a band called Wallows and their album starts and ends the exact same way. Doesn't make it a concept album. It just means that right. it's a cool theme they wanted to do twice. You know, uh Tragically Hip, the Canadian band, they their last record before their lead singer passed away is called Man Machine Poem. And the first song is called Man and the second or the last song is called Machine. And it's the same chord progression and same basic idea, but they're completely different sets of lyrics and, and feels. So that's like you know, I yeah, started listen, cool. listening to the record more intently just to see if there is a thread that runs yeah. through the whole. And there's not. They just made what sounds like the same song twice, but changed it up enough that it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Adam, here's something that maybe you and I can talk about a little bit. But we listened to, I forgot when they did this, but King Giz released, uh, was, was it five albums in one year? Was it How many albums was it, Adam? Do I think know? five, yeah, last year. Yeah. Or two years so ago. So for a deep Yeah, for a deep dive, Adam and I listened to all five albums. And what's kinda cool about King Giz, even if you're not a fan of their style of music or them in general, is they do try to have like what makes this album special and that kind of stuff. So I'm curious, does this kind of fall into a conceptual or is it just kinda like a promotional gimmick like Sufjan said the fifty states was? So they had a album called Microtonal Banana where they only played uh, custom made microtonal instruments which was super cool and it's definitely or it's probably the best one of all the records and then they i think it's polywalla gondoland that you can play just in a circle like it it never you, if you had it playing you would never know when it starts and stops it's supposed to just be able you're supposed to play it uh, on repeat, which I think is pretty cool. And then they also had an album where it was, they wrote all these, um, uh, you know, instrumental pieces, but then they had spoken word stories on top of them. Do you guys think that's really concept or is that kind of where you get into the promotional gimmick? And when I say gimmick, I'm just using that for lack of a better term. That doesn't take away from like microtonal banana is uh, an incredible album and if you have the time I would recommend listening to all five of those albums because it's it's an interesting thing to see a band release that much music in one year but what do you guys think about that where does that fall on this spectrum I mean I don't think any of those are concept albums I know the the second one that we listened to out of those from that year Murder of the Universe definitely is a concept album but it's not that's the spoken word one right yeah it's got a very clear like narrative to it um, and a lot of like storylines going on and stuff. The album's broken out into like different chapters. Um, but the other ones they did from that year, which was in 2017, they none of those really are concept albums to me. They're just different albums that they had a core idea about how they wanted to produce it or what they wanted to do with it. And that's not bad or anything. That's just that's they're not concept albums, even though that band is known for other albums of theirs being very clearly concept albums. Yeah, using an entire, like, so on one album they used all microtonal instruments, is what you said, right? So that that doesn't necessarily make for a concept album more of just a compositional choice. That right. doesn't... It's, it's, again, it's conceptual, not yeah. a concept album. 
yeah. yeah. Um, and then the one that goes in a circle, I think that's really close to a concept album because compositionally that was an intentional thing. But again, like I, I think a, some kind of clear narrative, whether it be lyrical or musical, helps. So I, I don't know if just because it goes in a circle, I mean, I, I, there could be lyrical narrative, I don't know, or musical narrative that like it, there's repeated themes or whatever. Because if it goes in a circle and there are musical themes that repeat and stuff like that, I mean, I guess it always will because it goes in a circle. But um, <laughs> so maybe that one is a concept album. It's hard to say. But just because you use certain instruments, that does not make a concept album. That is a compositional choice that is not uh, a, a narrative. I like to think that there's some kid who started college his freshman year in 2017, and he said, I'm going to listen to this new psychedelic record from my favorite band, King Giz, and he put on that circular record, and he is still high as shit sitting on his, (laughs) sitting there staring at Blacklight posters thinking, damn, when is this album going to end? And nobody go stop him because he's having a better time than the rest of us just listening to a circular (laughs) album instead of being in sweet 2020. That's hilarious. Yeah, a good quick side story. A good friend of mine, one time we were listening to the end of a a jazz song and it faded out. And he was like, do you ever wonder if people are still playing when that happens? I was like, man, how do you think of that stuff? <laughs> Does he think they just quietly play more and more? Like, no, like, they, like the engineer, the engineer, the engineer faded it out, but they're continuing the session. Like two years later, they're still there, just like vamping at the end of a tune. It sounds to me that sounds like, like the, I, I think that's it. That that's that sounds like the if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. That's exactly what that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Or no, sorry, sorry, sorry. It 100% does make a sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, scientifically it does. Yeah. It, it, it's idiotic to say it wouldn't. Um, do you get, do you guys ever listen to Mars Volta at all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. So that's a band that is, they have concepts that they're, once you know them, they're so omnipresent in the music that it's really hard to back away from it. Whenever I'm listening to Coheater between the Baron and me, I'm able to turn off the concept if I want. I'm able to shuffle and just play like my favorite song on a record. Yeah. But whenever I'm listening to Mars Volta, there is this kind of feeling of like, oh, wow, these are really heavy themes because their first album, The Laos in the Comatorium, which I think is one of, it's definitely their best album, but I think it's one of the best concept records ever. And it's just all about this. They had a friend who was like had a drug overdose and was in a coma, and they were just talking about like, oh, what they thought was happening, you know, in his head while that. So very similar, but and a Fra- lot, Francis a little more was head- a concept record too, right? Yeah. So that one was about the friend. They had a friend who died, and his job was repossessing vehicles from people. So he repossessed this vehicle and he found a diary in the back and he read it and the diary was like eerily similar to this guy's life. Like he didn't know his uh, dad and then he found or he didn't have a close relationship with his parents and then found out he was like adopted and all that stuff. And then like became friends with his biological father. Like he read this diary and this this same thing that happened to him happened to that person's whose diary he was reading so it's all about that so i don't know that that's just one of those bands that 
I don't think you have to know it's a concept, but especially when they got into their experimental phase, it definitely helped to know that there was a concept because there were some of their songs that were like like, 30 minutes long. Bedlam and Goliath and those things. Oh, yeah. Man, I I hate that shit. When bands have like... (laughs) I fucking hate that shit. When there's like like 15 minutes of just ambient noise that that grinds my fucking gears dude i hate that shit so much yeah well you're not gonna like sufjan steven's new song so uh i i would recommend not right it's like 12 minutes long (laughs) yeah we'll we'll talk about that later but yeah i mean so they're yeah they really are mars volta and maybe we should do a deep dive on them one day but they're one of those bands that they have such good parts of a song and then it's like you have a four minute song here why does it need to be 15 fucking minutes you don't need somebody slamming on the keyboard but i I do like their music very much and it's very funny that you said that's the album that you hate because that's the album they won a grammy for so (laughs) yeah but no i don't know when it comes I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. I love the songs, like when they, when I hear the actual songs. But if I'm trying to yeah. like, okay, trying that's a band where you should listen to the album front to back. But putting Mars Volta on shuffle can be frustrating if you're driving somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. 100%. I don't know why. I don't know why you would do that. That sounds awful. Because I just want to, man. Sometimes I'm like, I gotta listen to Mars Volta. Well, I would, I would, yeah. I would say that listening to most of Between the Buried and Me's work on shuffle is honestly, it's not ideal half the time. Because half the time, it's like the way that this song ends, it doesn't end. It just goes to the next song. So you're really unhappy the whole way through. You're putting on shuffle. Well, let's talk about that. A lot of musicians who make these concept records will also try. You know, not all of them, but I would say a majority of them will have at least some songs, if not the whole record, try to have it segue into the next song. Some of them, like when we were talking about American Idiot, they did it really well that you can play Are We the Waiting separately from St. Jimmy without being frustrated by it. But right. there are, like Between the Buried and Me, I, man, I can't agree with you more. There are some times where I'm like, man, I want to listen to this song, and then it just starts in this weird, like, and it's just like, whoa, what happened? Where am I? It's like yeah. getting that or, or, adrenaline rush without any buildup. Or, you're, yeah, you're also like, wait, when it, when it's so conceptual and so tied together like that, sometimes I'm like, what song has that really cool part in it? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, that's that's track four at 13 minutes in. There's that like eight measures of a really cool riff. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's yeah. a, there's a between the bear to me riff. I I consistently get stuck in my head and I've never been able to find it. You don't know which one it is? No. Oh, uh, you, uh, you, you got to sing it to me. I can, I, I, I can help you out. Uh, next time it Do gets it. stuck in my head, I'm going to call you and just start. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the, the other thing is like, you talk about the beginning of songs, the end of songs for a lot of the concept albums, they will like do a, like a line or someone will sing something and it won't, the song won't end on beat one. The song will transition into the next song where the next track starts on the beat one of the last song. So you're not actually getting a solid ending. It's like the song just cuts out. And so uh, yeah. I, I have like, vinyls of the concept albums and it fucking drives me nuts <laughs> you, drives... you gotta flip the vinyl over <laughs> yeah and it's like it sometimes yeah. it's some of the most like frustrating points because there are really like there are really uh, uh satisfying transitions there are transitions that just feel so good and i can't wait for those and i remember the first time that i listened to uh to colors on vinyl and and the first side ended and i was like what 
I have to now flip this bullshit? We couldn't have figured out some other way to make this work? God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of bands or records like that that just aren't built for vinyl, which sucks so hard. Yeah, because I've definitely bought some albums and then played them and then been frustrated by having to flip at a certain point and then like i'm just gonna get rid of this now i'm gonna sell it because <laughs> i'm never gonna listen to it again because it's frustrating you, and annoying you, you bought you bought some atoms i did yep are, wait are we flipping that that, that was flipping? somebody somebody flipped dave that was painful <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah, so when, I think there is one thing that I would say, you know, what I benefit from a concept record, there are musicians like a, a Jeff Buckley, and this is, you know, a really specific example, but there's a musician like Jeff Buckley who died way too early. He died after his first album was coming out, and really all we have other than that that is like a whole piece of work are live albums. There is a... Uh, and his second record, they have all the demos and they patched it together to make it sound like a real album, but it, it's not its not what it should be. And honestly, I wish they hadn't done it. But you only have that first record, and there is part of me who's such a big fan of Jeff Buckley that I want to know more about him. I want to know everything that there is about it. And there is this idea that, like, oh, if there was, like, a concept or something like that to his music, you would have that feeling of, oh, well, here is that extra world that can kind of live on. Whereas, like, right now, whenever I want to learn more about Jeff Buckley, I try to figure out anything I can about what happened during those studio sessions. Whereas when I listen to a concept record, I don't care so much about, like, what happened during the studio session because I feel like I get that fix from that auxiliary, you know, material which I don't know if anybody else gets that feeling, but I for sure do. The studio sessions for concept albums, whenever I've watched footage, I mean, they're cool, but I think most of the, most of the juicy parts of a concept album are the writing process. That's the juicy part. And we're not going to see that. We're not going to watch them write the record yeah. in the studio. But when you get to watch studio footage of a concept album, I mean, I mean they're, they're probably pretty rehearsed and they're playing their songs. There's no question about how it goes. Uh, I'm going to bring up Biddy Bam again because it's just have to, but there's, they have a bunch of amazing YouTube videos for behind the scenes of them recording. There was one particular moment in, uh, in when they recorded coma where, uh, <laughs> Blake, so the way the drummer records all of his, all, all the songs, he records the albums front to back and he takes breaks, but he, he just goes with a metronome and himself and that's it. There's no guitar. There's nothing. He has the entire 70 minute album memorized. And it's a program metronome, so all of a sudden it'll just be like dick, 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 dick. Yeah, like slow down, and he just knows what how to do it. He just gets it. So, so the way they record it is he goes first, and there's no guitar and there's nothing, and it never has been an issue until Coma when one of the guitar players, Dusty, comes in and he's like, "What the fuck is Blake doing there?" And changed up his part. And the producer Jamie's like, "He changed the part, man. He changed the part." So, like, in general, that doesn't happen though. In general, with concept albums, it's like they're very rehearsed. They come in and they get their shit done, and it still is fun to watch them in the studio. But it's very different from most other studio sessions. I, I, I like to think at least. Yeah. Just a side note on that: when you're talking about their studio sessions that they have recorded, I think between the Barry to me and Architects are like the two 
bands that have the best you know online presence when it comes to those like studio recordings they're just so there was a, a section of time where like i liked two between the buried in me albums but the rest of it i was just like eh. but i could watch those uh recording sessions because i was just like damn this is so enjoyable to listen to these guys just you know write or record a whole album and then also just listen to them all just rib on each other make fun of the one who moved to california all that kind of shit <laughs> so yeah. yeah i mean they they they're those videos are absolute gold and they like for the, for the coma one there's there's a whole section where paul one of the guitar players is like talking about how uh you know he they've been working with jamie king their same producer their entire career and they love jamie but sometimes he just wants to he wants to just shove his face in a wall because he just makes him play the same goddamn part over and it's the <laughs> funniest shit it's so good and the architects one makes you cry it's so it's like it, that shit's sad oh yeah well Wait. and it makes you cry even in retrospect because they've been doing that for i think like four albums now and the albums before this most recent one had the guitarist who died in it and now people watch it all the comments on youtube are just like damn it's amazing how he's doing this and all that kind of shit so like all of them are just like super emotional which you wouldn't think a recording would be that way so right yeah yeah that's very true so do you guys want to talk about specific albums at all yeah i mean I think we talked about some that we like, but I think it would be good for us to maybe reference again a couple other ones that we like. Yeah, so in preparation for this, I definitely was thinking, okay, I'm going to look up like a top 10, top 20 list of albums, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cherry pick the ones that I just have put off, like, you know, some of the Pink Floyd albums because I don't like Pink Floyd, or I was like, and then I found the album, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally listen to Sgt. Pepper's because I don't like the Beatles and I've never listened to that album all the way through. And I was like, this is it. This is the perfect time for, and I'll talk about it on the concept uh, record. This topic. is it. And don't get scared. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got halfway through it and I was like, this is boring as shit. And I turned it off. So uh, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot recommend it, but I did uh, see some people talking about like, Oh, you know, this is kind of a loose that album was a loose concept record because they basically created alter egos for themselves the beatles did and wrote in their eyes so people were saying oh is this really because like at the beginning you have this feeling of like oh you're about to be in this like oh um with a little help of my friends all that kind of stuff and sergeant pepper's lonely heart club band but then they're like oh yeah you lose that like almost immediately it's really just like them writing Beatles songs and it's yeah. a, it's, it's, it's a character conceptual. Record. It's a character. It's, yeah. Record. Yeah. It's yeah, conceptual it's, it's, more than it's a concept. Alter egos. Record. Yeah. Like we were yeah. talking about David Bowie had a lot of personas and stuff. That's really what that album is. It's not a, it is a concept album, but it's also not because it's, it's very much still the Beatles, which I mean, right. I think that album is great, but it's still the Beatles. It's not a totally new like story that they're telling yeah. or anything like that, but they wanted to write that so that they could get away from themselves. Right. Right, and that was a way for them to do that and to kind of get into making weirder choices for music for them. So, Yeah, so I, I'll definitely, for me, if I were to you know, cherry-pick what I would listen to, concept records, I would definitely, obviously, almost any Kohe record, but my specific favorite ones are the Afterman records, which are two records together, but uh, that one is probably my favorite concept record of all time just because of the music in general really 
not necessarily a story, but the story is pretty cool too. Um, but then also the Delos at the Comatorium by Mars Volta is such every time I forget because that's one of those albums that I'm like this has got to be a top 10 for me this is so good and I always forget about it like my mind will lapse for a year and then I'll remember about it and I'll turn it on I'm like this is just mind-blowing this fucking album that I cannot recommend that album more to anyone who has not listened to the Mars Volta Um, yeah the first the first two tracks sometimes if I'm if I have to go do something like something stressful i'll just put on those first two tracks and i'm like i'm ready to take on the fucking world <laughs> yeah and it, it, it's just crazy just like the hearing about how they created that album because it was really just two band members at that time and then they had all these uh you know studio musicians they got like flea to play bass on that record and stuff like that it's just like what on your first record you got what people hail as like the most the like probably one of the most famous bassists in the world like that's crazy I don't know. So I if mean, I'm going to because of at the drive-in. Oh yeah, for sure. So if I'm going to say anything, listen to Delos at the Comatorium by Mars I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to agree with that. That's my favorite. Uh obviously between the Barry to me stuff is amazing, um but I'll I'll call out a couple other ones. Um Periphery has like a double concept album called uh Juggernaut Alpha and Juggernaut Omega. Uh, those are really, really cool. There's there's themes that are repeated in Alpha into Omega, and whenever you hear it, you're just like, what? That's awesome. Anyway, um, so that one's really cool. There's one that I'm actually going to go back and listen to um, probably tomorrow that I totally forgot about, and um, it's uh, an album called The Seldom Seen Kid by a band called Elbow, and it is fucking incredible. Um, I forgot how good that album is, and uh, I'm going to go listen to it again because it is truly amazing. What Wonderful. an unfortunate band name. Elbow? Hey, what should, what should we name our band, guys? Elbow? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking knee. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What about tricep, bro? You want to name it tricep? Dude. No, that name's already taken. It's fine. Can't have that one. Gotta go with Adam, do you, have any, do you have any albums you would specifically... Did you look up, were you Googling albums while we were uh, saying our stuff? No, not y'all's. Um, uh, I think for me, the like definitive, like this is a concept album kind of thing is still Pink Floyd's The Wall. Um, I know Jackson hates Pink Floyd, but... What is that? What's the concept behind that? Just curious. I, I don't know. Uh, it's A lot of it's like autobiographical about the formation of the band and the other bandmates... Um, and including Sid Barrett, who's you know one of the founders of the band, it's kind of the autobiographical take on that, but with a little you know narrative twist, obviously to it. But I think it um, works really well as an explainer for what a concept album is because they did adapt it into a movie as well, right? Um, and it has like very clear narrative threads throughout the whole thing. It has a bunch of repeating musical elements and stuff like that. So I think that's a great example if people can get over the fact that it's Pink Floyd and there's a stigma to that. So. Yeah, I I need to listen to it at some point. I don't think I've listened to it all the way through. I definitely have listened to um, what's the Dark Side of the Moon, and I think yeah, that's and Dark Side I of the Moon off. is Dark Side of the Moon is kind of a kind of a concept album. I don't think it really is that great of a concept album. I mean, it is a good album, but it's not on the same kind of level. Uh, it's like more, animals it's more are revolutionary you... in terms of like how they recorded it, and right? The, the the things they did in recording. Yeah, I think yeah. some of their other stuff, like Wish You Were Here or Animals, are 
more concept album me than Dark Side of the Moon. But I mean, I think for me, that's probably the best example to refer people to, or uh, Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, just because that is also Ooh. a very clear concept album. But it does kind of such a good album. Does kind of like blend into it's a persona of David Bowie. So yeah, I, so whenever I was looking up albums, there were a couple that I was shocked by, like the ones that you were talking about, Dave, the Frank Sinatra. I've never really listened to him much, so I knew nothing about him. And then Dave, Dave's Dave's oh. reaction is like, "No, nah, you're good. Yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah. don't worry about <laughs> it. You're fine. Yeah." I'm not gonna, but I was just saying, I was pretty uh, impressed when I saw that. And then there were, um, what were, uh, like, apparently Kendrick's album, Good Kid, Mad City, that's a concept record. And full disclosure, I have not really listened to Kendrick Lamar. That's somebody that I've been sitting on and I've been meaning to, and I think that would be a great deep dive for us. And I, but I don't, I, I didn't know that he, that was... Yeah, there was there was that one, and then to pimp a butterfly, you could call both of those loosely concept records. Like to pimp a butterfly, he like says phrases of a poem that like he'll state the first phrase of the poem, and then the the last word of the phrase or something like that relates to the song. And then yeah. the next song, he'll say that first phrase plus another little bit of of the phrase, and then ultimately it ends up him saying the entire poem, and he's reading it to uh, Tupac. So he spliced in a recording of Tupac from Germany talking about the future of music and stuff. And so he reads in the poem and it's called To Pimp a Butterfly. And then he says, so what do you think about what do you think about the future of music? It's really, really interesting the way they did it. So that's where you could say conceptually it's a, it's a it runs its course in a storyline, but it yeah. more so more so than that other record. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was other stuff that I was kind of just shocked on. I think somebody said an Elvis Presley record, and I was like, nah, I mean, like this, this whole list can get fucked at this point. But yeah, yeah, and there was an MF Doom record on there, which I love MF Doom. But then I looked up the record afterwards, and I was just like, uh, there is literally nothing to, that says this is a concept record. So it's so right. loose. People use it. It's a, it's a, you know, like it's a keyword right now it's like saying you know 5g or some shit like that like you know whoa. people just yeah say, whoa be careful with that hey, bud whoa i'm sure a lot of our <laughs> listeners are probably like yeah he's right 5g sucks zero <laughs> no, percent of our listeners are worried about 5g the fucking simulation and then like hey hagan can you pass that blunt real quick uh so <laughs> but so, so there was an interesting thing that i did read about how like with the with the invention of like MTV and stuff, how that for a while that kind of took away the idea of a, or took away the spotlight from the idea of a concept record, and then getting into the streaming age where people are listening to records from start to front or from start to front, start to end again. They Whoa, kind of let's, wait, let's do a concept on, record from start to front. That's <laughs> genius. It's are, just one sound. So are people listening to? albums more with streaming because i feel like the answer would be no they're listening to more playlists and singles but it does it does give the argument is that it gives listeners a chance to uh that's true to listen to a full record and it puts more pressure on artists to make it more listenable as a piece so that they get more listens i think i think in general they aren't but like i mean they aren't listening to albums but um like a lot of people will listen to what they hear is a great album like one time and then they'll come back to the singles or the, like the songs that they like. 
So you'll see that happening more from just 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 my observation. I don't know if that's actually true, but just from what I've looked at, no, that seems it, to be the case. In the MTV era, artists would put their singles up front, right? Yeah, knowing that people wouldn't listen to the rest of the album. Like yeah. when we yeah. when we did the Britney Spears deep dive, like getting into the back half of some of those albums was like, what the fuck is happening right and now? And one of those is a concept album. Wait, which one? Uh, Britney Jean. It's, it's I, again, it's questionable if it's a concept album, but it's about a character. So I mean, I don't know, but but yeah, but is they, it just about her? I think it's a character. I think it. I, it's it's. it's I, like an I, alter on, ego kind of thing. Yeah. I again, character record, I guess. But uh, yeah, people alter people, ego. People call that so, a, a concept record. Would you guys call Lemonade Beyonce's Lemonade a concept album? In what in what way is it a concept? The fact that there's like like a visual thing that goes with it, or the fact that there, that doesn't make it a concept album uh, to me. I think that that makes it uh, more of a like multimedia experience. But it's uh, very much a story, like it's about a time in her life, like we were talking about earlier. But it's not like a memoir. Yeah, like a memoir. Yeah, uh, that, that's but, really, but again, that's that's a tough one. Storytelling. I mean. T- t- telling a story about yourself is what most people do. So, I mean, I, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I think that maybe it could be considered one. I think people do consider it one. Uh, but I mean, in general, it, it, it kind of just see, it seems like she's singing songs about herself and in a really great way. And it's beautiful and it's awesome. And there's the visual aspect too, but it doesn't necessarily make for, maybe it does. It's hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would say that like, I would lean more towards yes, but it's kind of it's one of those things where it's like it's so loose when you're talking about these. It's so, so much like the genres topic where it's like, yeah, you can you can get really specific and be an elitist about like what's what, but when it really comes down to it, do you like the music? Yes, no. Do you think it tells a story? <laughs> yes, no. That kind of stuff, and it's just like right. it doesn't matter. Just enjoy. It. And also, I just want to say, uh, <clears throat> with Hagen streaming, uh, you know little uh comment about uh, you know people t- uh, listening to singles i think it's bullshit that hagen wants me to listen to all of metro station's album to listen to shake it i'm not doing that <laughs> i want to listen to the single no 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 that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that i think that like if someone hears it's a good album they listen to the album and then they just listen to the they listen to the album like one time and then they just go back to the singles because like i've had conversations with people where it's like oh have you listened to x pop star's new album and then they'll say yeah it's really good I and I like this single and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this song is super cool." And they're like, "I don't know what it is because they listened right. to the album once." So that's totally fine. I'm not shitting on that. That's that's it's that's not like a it's it's different for people who listen to albums back front to back and stuff like that. I mean, but uh yeah, I think I think that it's more of just like if they hear something is good, especially in like the pop world, they'll give it a shot and then they'll just go back to the, like the singles, the shit they like, the bops. Ooh. 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 <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's do a I, I Hanson think... deep dive. Ooh. When you said no. bops, it made me think of Mbop. Mbop. Have, have you seen the videos of them playing uh, Mbop now? Yeah. It is fucking incredible. Though they, can, they made that song. They evolved with the song. It's so fucking good. Good for you, Hanson. They're all Hansen. great musicians. Yeah. Oh, Mbop. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else to say about concept albums right now. I mean, if you want to hear more about concept albums, listen to all of our past like a hundred or so episodes. We talk about it all the fucking time. Yeah, this just gave us a chance 
to talk. How many episodes do we have? One hundred and two. I think we 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 had some like unsure. Uh, how do we count things like the metallic episode? But we're around one hundred. Yeah, there's right like there's two parts, or you know, feuds one and feuds two. This is the hundred, a hundredth episodes. Happy, we, oh, we made it. We, we fucking it. did it. Beow, 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 I was just episodes. pulling up that app. <laughs> yeah, and if this is split into two episodes, like get fucked for trying to figure out which one's the hundred. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, who cares? You know, it's fine. We're still doing it, and we'll keep doing it until we don't, and that's all that matters. I love that. I love Are that we, line of thought. We're still doing it, and we'll keep doing it until we don't. <laughs> that's we, truly the way. It's the only way to explain it. Yes, Hagen, we uh, are. Are we to ready to celebrate the hundredth episode? Are we ready to see what we're listening to? We got this. The special guest. We know you guys have we, been we wanting got, them. We got. We got the special. The special guest is here. Enough I'm, of Hagen's hot breath. I, it's not Hagen's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it's my not- best Kara impression today. Kara, come on in. Let's let's hear your hey listen. Wait, it's not going to be Hagen's Jim Root Telecaster? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what I agreed to. Okay. Uh, whenever you're ready, go ahead. Give us your hey listen. This was a special request from Hagen. Because um, oh, no. he loves my baby voice so much, I've been doing a new one that's worse. So... Mm. Hey, listen. Oh. That was like an old. That was like an old baby. That was Mildred, the baby. Old baby. <laughs> Sounds like Mildred, yeah, Mildred. the baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new character, then. Yeah, that's Man, how that's many characters character. does the show have? Are we a concept podcast? <laughs> oh my god! Do we do we Shit. have a narrative straight through? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god! This has all been about the kombucha the whole time. My mind is fucking blown right yeah, now. We al- are a concept podcast. Album is our main character. Yep, <laughs> we're, we're following his journey from quiet producer to talks a lot. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you have been talking a lot. <laughs> he's he's been talking a lot. He's been talking a lot because Jackson attacks him. Whenever Adam goes to say something, the three of us are like, hold on, he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> we need That's to do that to for do the, uh, the rest of us. If y'all ever wonder why Adam doesn't talk at the same time as me, it's because he's a character that I do. <laughs> Wait, I would that's, love for you that's to really imitate Adam's Yeah, Jackson, voice. I, want, I want to hear your best Adam now. Yeah, what, have, what have I been listening to? There, did you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna subject Adam to that kind of verbal abuse. So it would be really um, easy to be a ventriloquist, though, if we had to wear masks for the rest of our lives. That's that true. gig is gone. Yeah. That is very, very true. I, I was at work a couple of weeks ago, and we have to wear masks. We only go in when we absolutely have to. And some guy was talking to me, and he was just uh, talking about how he doesn't like wearing the mask, but he gets it. And then I told him, like, oh, you know, truly, I like wearing the mask because I don't, uh, I like smelling my shitty breath, and then I also don't have to smile at your shitty jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it does suck though when you wear a mask without brushing your teeth and you're like going to get you know going to get groceries and you're like damn my breath smells bad why didn't you why didn't you brush your teeth why didn't you fucking brush your teeth no well, because is... like you get up in the morning you're like damn i forgot to buy eggs last night when i went to the grocery store so i gotta go buy eggs before i make just, breakfast just brush your so teeth you brush your you teeth before you go, before you go get the eggs 
It's summer well, in Texas. It still you start, sucks. You, it still it's summer sucks. in Texas. <laughs> you start your car, and then you go brush your teeth, and then you go yeah. to the grocery store. You guys are being way too mean to Dave about his grocery shopping habits. It's not fair. It's not grocery shopping habits. <laughs> it's, it's too brushy. It's, 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 it's a different topic. No, but I was more talking about, like, coffee breath. Yeah, totally. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Dickheads. If you're a coffee a drinker, <laughs> like, no matter what, and you wear a mask, you're fucked. It sucks, yeah, no matter what. It sucks. I, 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 took, I, I did an Altoid once because uh, I was like, oh, maybe if I just take a breath mitt, it'll uh, fix it. But it just ended up making my eyes water, and I was crying because I had the <laughs> Altoid breath going up for, through the slits into my eyes. It like, sucks like so that. hard. You made it sound like you did a drug. You're like, I did an Altoid. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, they're too oh, spicy. He can't, he can't. Jackson can't play the show tonight. He did too many Altoids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should we should talk oh, about what we're God. listening to. But before we started, no, I don't before, want before, to. Before we started today, uh, we were trying to figure out what time we were going to start. And Jackson said he has to. He had to work out at some point today. And I see that vein popping out of his bicep. I can see that. I can see the work, man. Look at that. Wait, he said he had to work out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well now he's pop- now he's doing the vein out of his fucking forehead. He's doing yeah, the he's doing the, the Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I'll go first. I'll go first and let me start with I have been working out for like 20 days straight now. Like I've taken rest days, uh, but I, I I've been doing this like YouTube workout uh, from the YouTuber Chloe Ting who is very You and Chloe obvious. Ting? She's very obviously skewed towards a female audience. I'm which doing I Chloe Ting. I think all that stuff is such bullshit, like male and female workouts. So I, my girlfriend and I have been doing Chloe Ting. I've been doing it for 20 days, and wow, she fucks you up. She's this like petite woman who like just like you are working out alongside with her in the video, and she is not breaking a sweat or anything. And you're just like, I am fucking dying. So are you trying are you, to get a yeah. big booty? <laughs> yeah, are you, big booty, are you doing tiny the, waist. Did you do the two week shred program? <laughs> no, I'm doing a 28 day thing, and we are 20 days in, and we'll have nice. to take a break when I go to Colorado. But then I'll pick yeah. up and finish it. So that's what I've been listening to is Chloe <laughs> Ting telling me to go hard on this one, bum, and I'm bum, like, no, bum, Chloe bum, Ting. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> what? It, what is it? it uh, uh, that I don't fucking know it. But every oh, time I change? hear that, I get pissed off. She changed, yeah. The, that I've been listening to her music as well. I've been joking that I want uh, to get her theme song on vinyl, <laughs> but truly, what I've been listening to is uh, I did mention that uh, Sufjan Stevens he announced a new record that comes out I think September 25th, which also a new Idols record comes out that day, and I know which one I'm gonna like better. Um, but he released a new song called America, and it's like this 12 minute song, and it's a good good song but there is some of that like why is there five minutes of just ambience uh but that being said i'm gonna re-listen to it i i'm not saying it's a bad song by any means but i just need to give it it sounds like the age of odds which is my favorite sufjan's uh album so it could be very much like that i don't know but my other thing i've been listening to is uh, a couple weeks back phoebe bridges released that new album on that same day, there were three other. There's three albums that came out: the Phoebe Bridgers album, the Bob Dylan album, and then also um, Owen released a new album. the The band Owen released a new album called The Avalanche, and I 
have been giving that a good listen to and I love it. It's very good. It's very sad. So it, it's uh, not fun to listen to right now. So that's what I've been listening to. So Hagen, go hard on this next one. Well, uh, real quick, uh, Spotify fucked up the release of the Sufjan song. I don't think there's like, there probably hasn't been news about it, but when like, when it's an artist you like, when you open the app, it'll like put a little thing right there. Like, Hey, this, this new person released a single. Um, and so I clicked it as soon as I saw it and, uh, it like completely failed. Like Spotify was like, we can't find what you're looking for. I'm like, what the fuck? So then I like went and looked it up on, on Instagram or Facebook or something. And Sufjan posted that it'll be up at like 9am. And he posted that like two days before Spotify put their thing up, uh, 9am on this day, whatever. So Spotify like put the link up that you can go get to it before it was actually available, which I thought was uh, a very frustrating and kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, fuck you, Spotify. <laughs> so suck uh, my big Joe Rogan dick. <laughs> Ew, dude, with your mouth wide open. Never, with your mouth I, wide I, open. Oh, can we edit all? I never want to hear Jackson say that again. <laughs> Dave has never asked us to edit something out, and now he's asking us <laughs> to edit something out. It's it's very uh, severe then if Dave's asking for it to be taken out. <laughs> um. I've been listening to uh, this pop punk band from Australia called the Stand Atlantic. Um, very just just pop punk shit. It's really fun. It's it definitely leans more pop, but the songwriting it, like it has some punk elements. It's really cool. So I watched uh, this week. I watched the Politician. Or I finished the Politician, um, and I got really into Ben Platt's stuff because of that. Uh, ben Platt's an excellent singer. His album is awesome. Um, definitely go check out Sing Me, Sing to Me instead. Very cool album. And then um, I started listening to uh, a woman named Mahalia. She was on Jacob Collier's newest single. Very cool hip hop neo soul stuff. Go check her out. I've been listening to Nora Jones's new record, Pick Me Up Off, or yeah, Pick Me Up Off the Floor. It's like a kind of a pseudo return to what she got famous for in her earlier career the earlier part of her career but it's a lot it's much more mature the writing is great and the band is stacked so i've been checking that out and then just the usual stuff <laughs> you didn't have to say it I, i'm editing that out i'm bleeping you <laughs> every bleep time you say word, we'll just bleep it oh yeah. that would be so good <laughs> <laughs> just do that for all of dave's listening uh, i only have one i've listened to namdi's new album which is more of an ep based on the length of it at least um and that's fun it's it's a different like crazy different thing compared to his most recent album i i haven't listened to it yet but i read a comment that said it's like um uh it's it's like if monobody uh was in tune world in Yu-Gi-Oh. So I don't, I don't get know. the second part of that. I've never watched you. <laughs> I don't get any of that. <laughs> I I think uh, his like one of his tags on Bandcamp is Looney Tunes, and I think that okay. is all the description you need. Cool, I like that. But it's it's great. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I didn't like pre-order it and buy it because it's 20 minutes, and I would have hated to get that on a record and seen. <laughs> I have to like flip halfway through it. So yeah, it's, it's a quad. It's a double disc or double vinyl. <laughs> yeah, it's a two X. Yeah. One song, two minutes each on each each side. Yeah, no, thank you. But it's a good album, so everybody should you know check it out if you like his music. So Dave, don't check it out. 
I res- I took back what I said. <laughs> Gone but never forgotten. Damn it, Dave. <laughs> I'm just glad. I'm glad that I can confidently say that Namdi doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you can. He, yeah, he yeah, could. You could probably say that. He was on the podcast, dude. You can say it. <laughs> yeah, and he's super nice, and his band is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't got I don't got shit to say. What you, know what you guys got? You know what's crazy is that um, I really don't sweat from my left armpit, but my right armpit sweats a whole lot more. What do you guys think about that, dude? I think you have COVID. We could do an entire episode on armpit sweat for me. Yeah, me too. Because I, I don't sweat at all. How fuck I, off, dude? I like right before the quarantine stuff happened, and like when we were recording the EP. I was having like, what's that? <laughs> you did like yeah, the... you did that. You said right before the quarantine, and then you did the like when people are like trying to show you how big something is with their two fingers. You said right before the quarantine started, and then gave me like a good two inches, I and I was you. like, "What the fuck does that mean?" That's something no one ever says. Is he gave me a good two inches? Yeah, Dave good Jackson, a good two inches. <laughs> Wait, can we re- can we remove that one? Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, well, you gotta I was, finish it. I'm going to. I was <laughs> getting a lot of. I was getting Wait, a how, lot of armpit sweat, and how, I called it anxiety pits. And then, like two, two or three weeks into quarantine, it just went away, and my armpits like stopped sweating. Well, uh, you gave it to me because my right armpit has not stopped sweating for like a month. It's. I, I'll. I'll take. I'll take a shower, put a bunch of deodorant on now, especially because I'm just like. I don't know what's going to happen today. I'll be sitting in the living room playing video games, watching TV, anything. And suddenly my right armpit specifically is drenched. Dude, yeah, you get anxiety pissed. I think, I think I, we got to do it. Television. I'm watching television. What? That's why. You're not being active. You're not being busy. That's why. You're getting anxiety from, from not doing much. You don't know what's going to happen today. Kid Rock could lose his alcohol permit, and you could just start profusely sweating. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. I think Thanks we should for... do a concept episode about this. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really <laughs> appreciate it. I hope your armpit sweat is really nice. Yeah, and if you're thinking about it, we're, we're still doing this, and we're going to keep doing it until we don't. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs>